Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. And before we started this episode, Billy kind of came on the mic and he was, you had like a nice, smooth yeah. NPR-like voice and I was yeah. really feeling it. Yeah. Welcome to NPR. I'm Billy <laughs> Jensen. This is my So my breathy. Alexis Linkletter and Jack Vanek. And we're going to be talking about smooth jazz. Oh mm. my gosh. My least favorite genre <laughs> Do of music. You- do you think that those like NPR hosts, I'm not like naming anybody in like specifically because I don't know who they are at yeah. all. Uh-huh. Do you think that they are like that in real life or? No, I, no, they rage in real life. I think they get off the mic and then it's just like they're, they're doing a they lot of They punch dance. They yeah. punch they're, dance. They're they do karate kicks. They're punch just dance. like a, a ball of energy once they're done. <laughs> Because nobody is actually like that all the time, unless you're on some sort of a downer. I'm I assuming. Know. I would like. To, I, I don't know. I wonder that about nice. uh, Phoebe Judge from Criminal. Like, yeah. hi, I'm Phoebe. I'm like, but yeah. what about your real feelings, Phoebe? What yes. about how you really feel, Phoebe? What about when something pisses you off and you get angry, Phoebe? Or is it like, like somebody fucks hi. you over? Yeah, no. And I'm not talking shit. I listen to Criminal. I love that no, podcast. I love her voice. Uh, and yeah, me too. But I'm like, I want as much calm as her. Yeah. yeah. And is no, that how you she always needs to are? That. Yeah, she needs to bottle that. She needs to bottle it and sell it to me. I'll subscribe monthly. (laughs) Sell it to me. I love how Alexis only sell it to me, not sell it to the world. Just sell it to me. No, it's a superpower. Yeah, you will have. You'll be the number one paying customer for some Phoebe Judge energy. Honestly, seriously, Uh, I love it so much. Uh, How are we doing today, guys? We're good. Feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to have like a mimosa, but it's only noon on a mm-hmm. on a Wednesday, so I know we're Seems trying our best. You know, now that we have so many different episodes that we have to record every fucking week, yeah, I think gotta we get them in when we can. We can't drink for all of them. Can't drink for all of them. Um, speaking of all of our other episodes, this week on Patreon, you guys, if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you're missing out on another Judge Me episode. We're talking about Rodney Alcala when he was on the Dating Game, and honestly one of our best yet. I know I say that every week, but they just keep getting better. I yeah. love these. It's my favorite segment. I mean, it's obviously the most involved of our Patreon episodes because it's it's sort of similar to First Degree in that we are intercutting this, you know, other audio asset, but really uh he's a fascinating and terrifying character. Yeah. And just knowing we live in this like very reality TV focused culture now where there's background checks and things like that we weren't dealing with that back in the seventies. So it's just fascinating to see sort of what, what slipped through the cracks and yeah. Rodney Alcala is one of those things. And, yeah. and I got to introduce uh, the ladies to the things that I would watch as a, as a little <laughs> kid, because the dating game would be on, like it would be on during the day and the match game would be on after that. It was just like, that was what you did. And it was, it was a lot of um, really, you know, flashy clothing. We're talking about late seventies and you know, the, the, the sets and everything. And we got to, you know, Jack got to, got to weigh in on the fashion. So that's always fun. And it's like every single thing that is said on one of those shows is either offensive yeah. um, or uh, sexist. Sexist. There's <laughs> like, inappropriate touching and kissing and everyone where the host like, I'm not saying this happened in this episode, but I've seen other shows where it's like the yes. host kisses the, the female contestants. I'm like, that would never happen now. No, it's like it, you really do see the disconnect of how things were in this. Yeah. It was the 70s and was the today. 70s, yeah. yeah, you're like, holy shit, things have changed. That's so right. anyways, we're going through his whole experience on the dating game show for our Patreon. So go check that out. And I don't think we have any other housekeeping, do we? No, no. Just Let's sign up for Patreon day. if you're not there yet. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Some good stuff. All right. Well, what day is it today, Billy? 
Today is June 9th, and the dark day is it's Donald Duck's birthday. And Ooh. you might think, like, what do you mean? Why is that a what's, dark day? What's dark about Donald Duck? He's a pantsless so. wonder. Yes. So, uh, 1934, this was his first appearance, uh, came out on June 9th. It was a cartoon called The Wise Little Hen. And um, it was part of the Silly Symphonies. Uh, they would put these in theaters. So they would be these short movies that you would see in theaters. So if you were going to see a kind of a regular movie or something like that, uh-huh. you would see these before the regular movie. You would either see these oh. or you would see news clips. And that's how they got so popular, you know, um, is that think, instead of previews or whatever, you would see this stuff. Interesting. So they recognized this day as being um, Donald's birthday. So... Now, Donald was always, would, would go on to be known as sort of like this temperamental, mischievous foil to the good old boy, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And it's a dark day because in a magic kingdom filled with happiness, Donald is filled with rage. He's got anger issues. His favorite catchphrase is ah, fooey. Yeah. And, that, yeah. Um, you know, looking through, Donald has had some philosophical moments. I don't know if I, I didn't find this. That, that he actually said this, but it's attributed to him. <laughs> he said this, which is very, I love this, is don't get confused between my personality and my attitude. My personality is who I am, and my attitude depends on who you are. Oh. Yeah. I don't you know, know if he really I'm said that. I'm just surprised because... to hear that he has any, like, diction. I, I thought he just, like, had, like, indiscriminate <laughs> quacking that yeah. was sort yeah. of rage-fueled, but I've never s- actually, the fooey thing I recall. Yeah. yeah. But... That seems a little too poignant. No, thing this is like a Marilyn Monroe quote. This is like, sure. a, can't deserve me at my back. That's like, right. It's, That's yeah. right. But like, that is very poignant and it really is quite true. Yes, it is. So, you know, he would always blow his top, but usually he would just get real. It usually would start out that everything was going good for him. And he was just like, I'm just spending a nice day at the beach. And then someone would want to come and mess with him. Either yeah. it was Chippendale or Can his, we talk about something real nephews. quick? When he would spend time at the beach, what I found fascinating is that he would like put a towel around his waist. And I'm like, you don't fucking have pants on anyway. Like, why do we need a towel around your waist when you're at the beach? Yeah, this but the- when you're walking around town, that's okay. But. Yeah, but and not you know at the what? beach. I'm really into. I'm really into the vibe. As somebody who also, I'm not wearing <laughs> pants right now. You're I don't like pa- pants. You're not a pants person. No, I'm not a pants person. I hate them. So I really look up to that one aspect of him. Not others, but that's the one that I really resonate with. Sure. Yes. So you know, but normally he would just get really angry and kind of throw punches in the air and you know blow his top. Punch but dance then, theme of the episode. Then, oh. A theme of the episode is punch dancing. But then something <laughs> happened, and we are going to get into what potentially happened in True Crime Rewind. Yeah, because yeah, he has a history which might mm-hmm. lead to some of his issues that he yes. currently. That's what I'm saying. By. There could be an explanation for mm-hmm. for several of the the behavioral issues we're we're deconstructing here yes imagine us i mean who would have thought that our true crime podcast would leave us to just deconstructing behavioral issues of disney cartoon characters but here we are it's not that surprising though considering and considering (laughs) billy's like fascination with disney i think it aligns pretty well yeah, I actually is a perfect podcast for yeah. No, I would I would rather do the, the deconstructing the psychology of the rides because when you go on the rides on Disneyland, they are ridiculously dark. Um, you know, oh, Matt, well, I mean, if you go on the on the you know Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, it's about a guy that's addicted to cocaine that likes to drive and then runs into a train. I mean, that's 
basically Wait, what the ride is. Maybe we need like some kind of a, like a limited edition series on this or something. It's not a terrible <laughs> idea. I really like it. And I feel like Billy's such a, a expert on all this shit that this... It could work. We should... We'll talk about this Yeah, we'll talk air, about it. Okay. But I, I really that. like this. And Me also, too. as a listener, let us know if you like this idea. I know. Mm-hmm. I hear for you it. just learned so much. All right. Well, um, we're going to come back to Donald Duck in a little bit. But before then, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? All right, welcome to On The Stand. If you're new here, every week we are bringing a person, place, thing, or an idea to the stand that we're either loving or hating, and we kind of like tell our reasoning why, have a healthy discussion, and then vote if it's guilty or not guilty. After that, make sure you're following us on Instagram because we're throwing it on Instagram, and then all of you people get a vote, and if you agree with us or not, you you let us know. I love that. So, who would like to go first? I nominate Billy. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So, you know, I fly a lot. And uh, I this is very Seinfeldy. All right. So now Seinfeld used to do, and since I've tried to come to terms with On the Stand by relating it to Seinfeld, you know, Seinfeld used to do this bit about the tuna fish sandwiches and how expensive they were at the airports. And he thinks that the entire business of traveling is based around the economy of tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> now, when I go to the airport, one of the things that I, you know, I, I'm often, I'm a pretty punctual guy. I'm often very early. So I will always go to the gift shop and I'll look around at the books. I'll look around at the magazines. Well, he's and also a hoarder and loves, he loves tchotchkes. Like I've never he seen. He loves a trinket. I've never <laughs> seen a guy who loves like toys and magnets and asinine <laughs> items more than Billy Jensen. A souvenir. Yeah. All right. So I go in and I look at, you know, I, I try to figure out how much stuff is normally, what stuff normally costs versus what they are trying to, you know, boost it up. Mm. And there are certain things that, you know, yeah, it's like a bottle of water is like four ninety nine, which it normally would be a dollar, you know, yeah. or $2 yeah. or something like that. But the, the way that they're really fleecing people is with uh, the kids. So I go to the toys because a lot of times like you're on, you're at an airport, you're like, oh, I forgot to get a gift for the kid. You know, I'm coming back from a trip. Hey, would you get me daddy? And then you get him stuff. Yeah, but you're not, you don't have young kids anymore. So I know, but I'm, I'm looking like, out for everybody else. The toys else. are for you. The toys that are for you. That was his excuse <laughs> for him to be able to go to the gift shop. He's like, and I that was his, I have a kid. That was an excuse to go to Disneyland all the time. And now yes. he's like reaching for shit. Now I'm reaching for Now it. you're yes. an adult Disneylander. Yeah. Yes. Which we will, we will definitely cover on another on the stand. And we have a, we have a, a very special guest that will be part of that, which That's is going to be coming up soon. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I look at the Hot Wheels cars. Now, Hot Wheels cars are amazing because they are a great toy and they have they started out at like maybe 30 cents and they're still only a dollar whereas any other toy, any other action figure, anything like that has has grown with inflation like 500%, 600%. They sell Hot Wheels cars for 99 cents at every store you can think of like a CVS or a Target. They sell them at the airport for 4.99. And I think that's wrong and I don't like it. And I'm putting that on the stand. I mean, but that, it goes hand in hand exactly for how you were pricing water. Mm-hmm. Where a water bottle is a dollar and it's four ninety nine at the airport. I feel yeah. like it only makes sense that the Hot Wheels inflation rate is... What? There are certain things that they know that they can't charge extra for. Like you can't charge extra for a book because the book has, you know, then they won't upsell the book. You I, know have what I, mean? something, I have something relevant to add here. I just okay, saw um, an article about this. So at JFK... It was an East Coast airport. It's either JFK or LaGuardia. I can't remember. Um, A customer posted on Twitter like a receipt 
of a beer that they paid for or, or beer on a menu that was like thirty four dollars. Mm-hmm. So Shut up. so New York states like are like it was people were aghast. It was just because it was a Sam Adams. It was like a Sam Adams summer ale. It should or be something. seven bucks. Yeah. You can literally Google this. It's like a thing that just came out this week. And now um JFK is putting a restriction on everything in airports where you can only surcharge uh, 10, 10% more than what they normally cost because there like this one brewery got like too fucking bold because people will pay it. People are but, like, it's like being in Vegas. They're excited to go on a trip. like Or and, like being at like a theme park. It's like you're stuck in this place. It, they, they're going to charge an exorbitant amount of money and you're just going to do it because you really want that Sam Adams beer. Exactly. Yeah. And so now and now like these, this pe- these people who did this fucked up who was charging too much because now it's like, and you also have to offer now really affordable items on the menus wow. for people. Yeah, so Did I, you I, Google it? Yes, I Googled it. So New York officials ban airports, is on Yahoo News, ban airports for charging up to $28 for a beer, a price tag they described as totally indefensible. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there right, was one on the one menu that was even more. Bucks. There was one that surpassed $30 on their menu. That but, is yeah. so insane. I was going to say, I actually like... There's, I can't really remember a time that I've been in an airport that the alcohol is so much more than it would be at a bar in LA. Like, in I LA, feel, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you, it's like what you're paying twelve bucks for a beer or something like that. Like, I, I was, that was going to be my point, but that's yeah. so, so insane, insane. And they went too far because now New York's like, okay, like because it's not like the state gets like, they got greedy because this, it's not like the state gets a cut of it. So they're like, fuck you. We're going to like enforce this. Like you guys went too far because mm-hmm. that's, that's just so indefensible. And this was at LaGuardia, which is LaGuardia. one of the craziest small, tiny airports. Yeah. That, you know, it's the one I used to always fly out of. Damn. You know, All the other airports are going to be pissed. Yep. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> All right. Are. So and there you go. hopefully we can get an affordable beer. So That's right. So be part of that uh, Firsty Nation. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Inflation at airports. That's yes. what Taylor can t- say what that was. Yeah. <laughs> for our Instagram, because that was a very roundabout on the stand. I'm, yes. Um, I'm going to go next. I d- yeah. Please tell me if I've already done this one before, because it's mm-hmm. something that I hate mm-hmm. that I might have talked about, but I don't know. And that is a wooden utensil. Have I talked Mm. about my disdain for wooden utensils? Okay. Wooden utensils are on the stand. I know I'm not the only person that feels this way, but anything wooden that I have to put in my mouth area, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. It creeps me out. It ruins the food that it's on. And it's just like a travesty for my life. What about a chopstick? Chopsticks? They don't go in your mouth, really. They don't. They kind of just... I also don't like them. I would prefer a plastic or like a wood... Not a wooden... Anything but wood chopstick. But like a tongue depressor. Like creeps me out. A popsicle stick. I can't do popsicles for that reason. A wooden fork. It it is disgusting. I feel like it's the same thing as a paper straw. It kind of just like ruins the food that it's touching. And I feel like, yes, we're trying to be environmentally friendly, but there are so many compostable utensils that we can get that are not wood. Or just like a metal fork at your home. Just say no utensils with your delivery and just use your forks that you have, people. But if you're out and about and you're at like a fucking air one or something like that and all Wrap they it have in a tortilla is a, and it's a handheld whatever it is <laughs> that's true i guess stop eating salads at that point yeah just put it in like a little nori wrap if you're carb conscious you know there's a million things you can do to not uh use utensils and 
Honestly, Jared has told me about the tradition he has where he likes to eat a whole chicken and a piece of bread with his bare hands. Like anything can be finger food if you try hard enough. That's right. Because he likes to feel like he's at medieval times. Yeah, he likes to feel like he's a Viking. (laughs) Yeah, it brings it, it like gives him a. We need to go to, we need a trip. He's like, I get just a a whole rotisserie chicken and a baguette and I just eat it with my hands. He does. He does from California Chicken Cafe. And we do need to go to medieval times, except for the last time I was there, I had an allergy attack and I had to Mm. leave. Are you allergic to horses? Yeah. (laughs) But you know, that was a long time ago and allergies kind of recycle. So maybe it's gone by this time. Totally. But, But I would love to go to medieval, whoa, medieval times. Yeah, they used to, unfortunately, medieval times used to have the green knight and he was the bad knight. So like he was the evil knight. So everybody in the green section was, it was the coolest section because like you were the one that everybody was rooting against. And then I remember taking the kids there. It basically was like that. I remember taking the kids. It was like, can we be in the green section? It was like, oh, we don't do that anymore. And I'm like, what the hell? Really? No, they don't want to pit people against each other? No, I guess not. Also green. So a green knight reminds me of the green power ranger, Tommy, who is my favorite. So I can't really think of that as being negative. I feel like that of that as being Mm. the best, Mm. you know? Yeah. I'd say okay. like the, the red knight would be the bad one. Yeah. Mm. Um. Anyways, okay. okay uh, well, one off topic. Wooden utensils a big, big, big guilty. I, I, I can't. Guilty. Uh, there's, there's some Wooden mixing spoon good. Because, you know, you're yeah. not really putting your mouth on that. Mixing I still don't spoon. like it. No. I like yeah. a wooden mixing spoon. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's some psychological trauma with me with, with wooden the wooden spoon. So we'll Why? get into that one later. Oh. Yeah. Me too. I, mean, I could guess. Okay. Me, me too. Mm-hmm. Was, it was a big was, New York. It was a big New York thing. That was a big New York thing. Uh, that, that was that was slot. the weapon. That was yeah. the weapon. <laughs> you would like get hit on the butt with a wooden spoon if you were bad. Yeah. And then it was oh. just like I'll you know I'll don't let me get the wooden spoon. And so the that's wooden what spoon my mom would say. Yeah. You Isn't guys. That crazy? Have we ever talked about that before? Yeah. No, never. Yeah. But that's like, it was like she would literally just say wooden spoon and like run. Oh yeah. yeah oh. Oh, no, yeah. this okay, explains so a lot about like, this explains a lot about my personality. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mine too, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because, it does. Yeah, for both I had you. no idea you had that, but yeah, no, that was a. I always thought it was an Italian mom thing, but it was just like, yeah, just like the wooden spoon, and then like once you got hit with it a bunch of times, it was like, then it was like, don't let you know, you want me to get the wooden spoon, and then it was like, nope, I'm good. Let me do what you want me to do. Literally, same with my mom. Oh yep. my god, <laughs> not funny. Jesus, yeah. Christ. so yeah, so guilty. Guilty. I don't have any childhood trauma tied to mine, but like maybe it's I'm feeling yours. Like yeah, I think you're just your empathy has taken this on. That's right. Okay, Lexus. Okay, so I'm in the middle of moving, so this is going to be moving related. Um, so I am like throwing half of the things I own away because I do this sort of every once in a while. I purge so I don't over collect and over compound things. So I was like willy-nilly going to the dumpster at my building and mm-hmm. i looked in the dumpster in some dick bag bought a new suitcase that came in a box and they threw the box in the dumpster without breaking it down mm. like throwing whole boxes in first of all we have recycling um that's a b cut like use a scissor and fold your box flat. Cut like that's insane. To, and there's like lots of people who live here. To not break down boxes and throw them in the trash is like the most wild thing to me. Yeah. Especially it's a giant oppressive box. I'm like, okay, half the box. So I took it out and I broke it down. But the next day, someone had bought like a new TV and did the same thing. I'm like, what is wrong? There's more than one person <laughs> doing this because the same person who bought a new suitcase isn't buying a new TV. They're about to go on vacation. Yeah. So I'm like, several people are thinking this is okay. So- we got to do something about this, people. 
Well, my apartment complex has the trash chute, which is what? Like two feet by two feet. Yeah. Oh, people are throwing unbroken down boxes down that all of the time. That's insane. And that's like, it's clogging up the whole thing. And then to take it a step further, next to the trash chute is this kind of little area, like before you go into the garage or whatever, nothing is there. It's just kind of like a little corner. Sure. People have taken it upon themselves to decide that that corner is where they're discarding their trash that doesn't fit into the trash chute, which what they should do is go a step down to the floor underneath us and where all the garbage room is. But now people are putting like their furniture or these like big items, like blenders and like whatever, just in this area where it's like, you know, that it's somebody is going to have to end up discarding all of your items for you, which you should have done for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's so rude that you think you're above going down to the trash room. You know, it would make that stop a camera. Mm. Yeah. People are like, if no one knows it was me, they can feel fine about it. The yeah. second they're like, oh, someone can knock on my door and be like, ma'am, you left your um, old trash can here. Do you want yeah. to come collect that? And they'll be like, yeah. oh, yes, my, my word. I, I must have left I'm, it by mistake. Okay. Yes. Immediately, it must have dropped out of my hand. Immediately, yes. because people don't like to be shamed. And it's a really rude thing to expect people to do things for you. You know, that is somebody's job. You know, yes. and it's not in their job description because that's not meant for trash. So someone yeah, it has is, to do it that. It isn't somebody's job, yes. but right. then it's going to have to be because right. you're fucking lazy and a bitch. Yeah. Okay. This is something that Donald Duck would really get upset about too. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. All right. All right. Well, when we come back, it's time for some Donald Duck. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. True crime. Yeah, it's rewind time. Hey, everybody, welcome back to True Crime Rewind. We're going to be talking about Donald Duck and Disney and World War II and what that can happen. So here, here let me just set the stage for what was going on. So Donald Duck was was a character. He was a major character, part of the the Fab Five, which is Donald. Daisy, uh, actually Daisy isn't even in the Fab Five most of the time, but it's Donald, uh, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Pluto. That's considered the Fab Lots Five. Lots of women. Seems like a yep. good balance. <laughs> so on December 7th, 1941, as you know, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. The next day at Disney Studios in Burbank, California, right down the street, Army soldiers took over half the campus as an Army anti-aircraft base. Like this is how serious oh. this thing was. They also started meeting with Disney because Disney actually served as an ambulance driver in World War One, 
And he, they wanted to see how the world's greatest entertainment company uh, could help with the war effort. So they started doing training films um, with cartoons. They did propaganda. They did. They designed military insignia for over 1,300 different units in the U.S. Armed Forces, which they did free of charge. Now, the Walt Disney Museum in San Francisco writes that Walt knew that cartoons would be the, an ideal medium for communicating with the American people in an uncomplicated and amusing manner. So it was a way to get people because like kids were like, you had to recycle, mommy, why are you, why are we recycling, um, you know, the oil from the cooking and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. it was, or why are we buying this or why can't we buy this and that kind of thing. So like some things like food rationing and farm production, war bond sales, that was all that. So they used a lot of characters, but the one character they put at the forefront was Donald Duck. Now, um, in 1943, the New York Times singled out Donald Duck. So they used a lot of these characters, but they called him ambassador at large, a salesman of the American way because of what he was doing. But they would throw him in a lot of battles. And I think they used Donald probably because, you know, Mickey was the main guy. Mickey didn't ever really have a temper. Mickey rarely fought, at least at this point, you know, in the 1940s. But Donald was the guy that had the temper, but he was also lovable. And like with uh, famous characters, there are some conspiracy theories now. So Donald, like I was saying before, when Donald would get upset um, before the war, he would, you know, as Alexa said, he would uh, dance. Was it punch dance? Yeah, he would like punch dance. Yeah, yeah. He would just, you know, (laughs) punch at the air and things. Uh, But then when he came back from the war, the artists uh, that were drawing Donald started drawing him and, and and putting him in situations and having him react to things in a lot more of a um, of a kind of a violent way. Reactive. So, I mean, yes. punch dancing is violent, but yeah. Well, I mean, not if you're around any other people. And listen, well, if you're if in you're, like a mosh pit, it can be. That's not violent. That's love, right there. No, There's people the, aren't punching each pit. other in a mosh pit. Sometimes they're, just, yeah. they're punching the air. Yes, as someone who punch danced many times in a mosh pit, I will tell you. <laughs> that doesn't was, surprise me that that's your only way of dancing cuz I can't honestly, imagine I honestly cannot not, not picture Billy dancing. I can't even I can't even picture it. him punch dancing. I haven't oh even God. ever like seen Billy kick? I haven't seen him sway to a beat before. Like I've never <laughs> that, that even is, seen him rock a little. Billy, do you have like rhythm? No. Like yeah, video do you have of I do have rhythm. Yes. You do? I was a drummer. Yeah. You and say that? You, okay. He's a drummer. He's a singer. He's a guitar player. Like, I actually what? don't think I've ever heard you say you're a, wait, have I? I'll we, play drums I right now. Me, me we questioned me and, it, but I don't and, think Billy really plays drums. I think that's and, a conspiracy theory. Me and Jared theory. can start up a, uh, a folk band right now and I can play mm, drums. I Even though I haven't really touched drumsticks drums. in probably five years. I don't think um, you play drums anymore. I think okay. you, you used to dabble in the drums. Let's I'd like love, recharacterize. All right. We will, we will post a photo of me playing drums. All right. Where? So that doesn't uh, show that you've played drums. We need, we need, a, video, drums. We need a video of you playing drums. Well, Actually, well, I need to be there in person because I feel like that's something you could fake on a video. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. All right, then. All right. So there is um, there is talk of like, so he went from, and here's this thing called Wattpad, um, who, who had these cartoon theories. Somebody named Marionette wrote this. He went from just comically moving his fist when he got angry to trying to cut Chippendale in half with a saw. So um, they were actually showing that... Um, Check out how Donald reacts to the exact same situation before and after the war. In this strip from 1938, he wakes up and he finds his his refrigerator empty. And his response in 38 was to, as Alexis was saying with the garbage disposal stuff, 
is to set up a camera to catch the thief. Wow, they had surveillance cameras in 1938? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it works. People don't, it's like, it's very effective deterrence. Like, people are like, (laughs) I can't be caught. Someone will shame me and post this online and be like, look at this dickhead leaving their their trash bag for someone else to pick up. Now, now, um, he sets it up to find the burglar, but the next day... He sees the photo and he realizes it was him sleepwalking. That's the that's the joke. Now uh, that would they recycle to me. the same premise in a nineteen forty five comic called The Icebox Robber. But this time, Donald Duck, instead of trying to find out whoever robbed his icebox, simply shouts, I'll warm those kids to a ruddy pink and flips out on his nephews and threatens to kill them basically. Does that mean he's gonna melt them? I think he's just a, a ruddy them pink. To ruddy pink means like their R- guts. I, I think more ruddy pink, I think it's more like I'm gonna beat them. Ruddy pink. Beat them pink, yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Child abuse. I thought you said runny pink. Ruddy, and I was like, was they're going to be liquid runny when he's pink done is with weird. them? Yeah, yeah. Both are, are not. Both are bad. Uh, yeah. So in order to prove that Donald is sleepwalking and stealing his own food, the nephews, who by this point are terrified, also, they decide to wake... Also, that he's... It's like Wait, a lot. and he's he's sleepwalking oh, he in both nephews. of these. Yeah, yeah, yes, he's sleepwalking in both of these. Okay. They just basically they took a premise, and before he was just chill. He's like, I'm going to set up a camera. I'm going to catch this person. It's all going to be good. The next time he blames his nephews and says, I'm going to beat the hell out of you guys. This is Huey, Louie, and Dewey, by the way. And um, <laughs> so then he says, um, they decide to wake him up with some firecrackers. Hmm. So while Donald is sleepwalking, his nephews throw firecrackers on the floor under him. He wakes up petrified. He jumps from the floor and he says some really racist stuff. But he says, I'm in a minefield, machine guns ahead. It's an ambush, et cetera. So it's like they were setting it up that he was having a flashback. Mm. And it's one of the, the symptoms, which is something that is incredibly serious, which is PTSD, along with anger, sleeping troubles, and pretty much any other part of your personality, anxiety, everything like that. So... He starts chasing them around with a sharp stick. It's like this whole to do. Sharp stick. Yes, he's saying like I'm, you know, I'm going to throw a few hand grenades at you and that sort of thing. So the theory is is that the people that were drawing Donald um, changed him at least right after the war from being somebody that was just you know always a little bit unhinged, but at the end of the day would chill out to somebody that would get you know incredibly uh, violent and out of hand when something didn't go his way. Just interesting to put a harpoon in his hand, a sharp stick. It's like, that's not even what they, they didn't even use that in World War II, did they? I don't know. I think sharp <laughs> sticks are always used everywhere. So It's just like, it's so crazy that these cartoons were shown to children and they're like so fucked up and violent. Oh, yeah. And you like don't really think about it until you actually think about it. And you're like, I've, wow. I've thought about it a lot. Like a lot of <laughs> Disney stuff, even stuff that was made in the 80s, when you think about Pinocchio... They're like, all these kids are on this island, these boys who are going to get turned into donkeys or whatever happens, and they're drinking beer, and then someone lights the island on fire. Yeah. And the kids are like scrambling as they turn and slowly turn into donkeys. And I was like, this is... Uh, this is a lot. This is intense. Like it's it's underage drinking. Well, yeah. It's arson. Like, it's so murder. Dark. Yeah, so dark. Well, Pinoc- Pinocchio was the forties, but like no, the, the yeah. one that the one that we watched was yeah, not was made the, in the 40s. that was still from the forties. That was still from the forties. No, but the, the, no, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, it made was. in the forties. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it was. Okay, I promise. Right. <laughs> Regardless, whenever it was, still fucked up. 
Yeah. yeah, no, it was incredibly, and, and and as we all know, you know, Pinocchio is very much a biblical tale, and there's a lot of biblical stuff in there. And when you look at the Bible, the Bible is has a lot of messed up things in it as well. So, but you know, no you just shit. look at you just look at at Tom and Jerry, and then Tom and Jerry was lampooned on The Simpsons by Itchy and Scratchy, and Itchy and Scratchy obviously go completely overboard with like you know ripping their guts out and all of these things. But when you look back at Tom and Jerry, it was just like you know the things that we were raised on, particularly in the in the seventies and eighties, were pretty were pretty rough. Well, Ren and Stimpy also was like was a variation mm-hmm. of that too. Yeah. Like where my yeah. mom was like, you the can't best. watch this. My, I was not allowed to watch it. It was my favorite show when I was a kid. Love that so much. It's yeah. gross. I, it was a gross show. It was, so, it was more gross. Up. There's yeah. so many like sexual, I mean, there's sexual innuendos all in Disney movies too. Like all yeah. the weird shit that all those writers and animators were all like secretly yeah. putting in there. Yeah. I had like a phase of my life that I was obsessed with finding all of those. I found um, one in uh, Pocahontas was the most obvious one that i've ever seen the one with what about the priest and little mermaid and his fucking boner was moving all over the place <laughs> i don't remember that, that one? one but the pocahontas one I, I i honestly thought it was a myth until i saw until i watched it again what is it so basically she's like i think singing colors of the wind or something and she like something hits a ground and all these like flowers and no, like leaves isn't pop that, up isn't that aladdin Mm-mm. And it says sex in the air. It's Pocahontas. Pocahontas has one too. Then that's the one. Yeah, and it says sex in the air. Yeah, but Pocahontas has one too. And I'm like, I cannot believe. Like, I love the writers for doing it, but what a bold move. And then wasn't there one? I don't know what was that mouse. The mouse movie. The mouse Disney one. Fightful goes west. I don't know, but the there rescuers? was maybe with the, was the rescuers that there was um there was like a like a scene of. Uh, uh, what's it called? One frame. There's like a frame of actual porn in the windows of one of these movies. Oh, I never saw that one. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like actual people. It wasn't even like animated people. It was like That's a frame so of actual people having sex that was like just a blip. But like that subliminal messaging, man, you don't know how that affected pe- these little kids watching that. I love mm-hmm. it. We should get into those later too. We will do that. That'll that be this a topic, shit fascinates but... me. All this like weird Disney stuff. I know. Yeah. All right, we will do a dark Disney um, uh, exploration at some point, but there yeah. you go. So all happy right. birthday, Donald. <laughs> Hope you're doing Hope okay. you're doing all right. Yeah. Billy? So uh, <laughs> we want to hear about some of the things that you might have done that may not be as... Like you naughty, like the naughty like, Disney like the naughty Disney that Like the naughty <laughs> Disney animators. So that's going to come up next. Hi, Worsty Firsties. Another amazing opportunity to air out your, you know, your truths, your confessionals. Um, And we're just going to dive right into this. And I'm excited because this one, our first one is from an Aussie. And we don't get a lot of Aussies calling in. So I'm stoked. All the way from across all the ponds. Yeah. So uh, let's let's do this thing. Hey, guys. Calling from Australia. Hope you're doing really well. I'm not sure if it's necessarily the worst thing I've ever done, but um, classic uh, nonetheless. And it actually involves my wife who put me on to you guys, so shout out, babe. Love you. Now, one of her girlfriends uh, had broken up with a long-term partner, and he was being an absolute dick. Um, he seemed to know where she was all the time, when she'd go to the shops, when she'd go you know, to another house or something, and he'd use it to harass her. Now, after some digging, we found out that she shared an email account with him. And this was linked all their devices together and hence how he knew where she was all the time. 
The best part was this muffer didn't realise it gave her access to his phone as well. So my wife and I gave her really detailed instructions on how to remote wipe his phone, which she did. And a couple of days later, she got the most irate message from him saying his phone had been wiped. He lost all his photos, videos, like all his family photos and videos because he didn't have it backed up on the cloud. What a muppet. Uh, that's it, guys. Short and sweet. I just think it's fantastic. It's nice. Uh, you know, ain't karma a bitch sometimes. And the moral of the story, don't be a dick. And don't mess with my badass wife. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Okay. I'm sorry. I got to jump in. He is my favorite guy ever. Uh, and he's like, the fa- and your wife, Every everybody should be doing this, introducing the podcast to your significant other. I just want to say that. I just want to say that calling somebody a Muppet is a <laughs> fucking A-plus offensive comment. I love it. I think that should be what we use now instead of like asshole or like shitty. It is something that we we used a lot since the beginning. Muppet Muppets. is the new like see you next Shitty Tuesday. Yeah. Like I think they- Muppet should be the new like dagger to the heart. And, and you need to say absolute fucking Muppet. Muppet. Like do, that's I, I, the phrase. I yeah. think it's pronounced Muppet, actually. It's Muppet. Yeah. He yeah. said Muppet. <laughs> he said Muppet. Is and a it's Muppet like, it's usually something like a, else? It's like a child. Oh. I, I think yeah. he said no. He said Muppet, and, and the transcription of this call said Muppet. We're going okay. to Muppet. Saying Muppet. Right. Yeah. Right. And I also think it just brings up an interesting um, topic in general because, listen. He didn't like that game being played back. The person who was stalking your, you know, your wife's friend, he was like, oh, using that to his advantage because she obviously didn't realize their phones were still linked and that there was geotagging that was opening her up to to being followed or, or whatever. Yeah. So she then uses it to to get him to stop as like a warning, like, I'm going to wipe your shit. And then he didn't like that very much. And it's like, that's just how the world works, man. That's just Karma. how the world works. And people don't, people like to dish it out, but when it comes back, they don't like that. Um, anyways, on to the next one. On to the next. Hello, my favorite podcast hosts. Um, I'm calling to leave the worst thing I've ever done. And I'm not sure if it's really the worst thing I've ever done, but it's the only thing I can think of right now. But um, this happened about five years ago, and I was dating the person who is now my husband. Um, we had just started dating. It was summertime, and there was a concert coming to town, and we really wanted to go. Um, but it wasn't like a normal concert. It was at this bar in my town that brings in, like, country music acts. Um, and sometimes it's, like, up-and-comers, and sometimes it's older people that aren't as popular anymore. Um, but this show had sold out really quick, and neither one of us had gotten any tickets. Um, we just kept talking about how much we really wanted to go. And so I made it my personal mission to find tickets for this concert, and it was the same night. Um, so I was, like, on Facebook Marketplace and just, like, trying to search everywhere. So finally, I found tickets on Craigslist, which is just probably not the best idea ever. But um, I found the tickets, and the lady was selling them. So I emailed her, and I said, hey, I want your tickets. Like, I can meet you to get them. Um, and she said, no, like, I live an hour away. I'm not coming to town. So um, I'll just give you the login to my ticket account, and you can print them off yourself. And I said, okay, that's fine. Like, how do you want me to pay you? I can send you money through PayPal, or I think I had Venmo at the time, or whatever. And she said, oh, I don't have any of that. Just send me a check. And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds great. So get her tickets. 
go to the show, have a great time. And then I never sent her the check. And I didn't do it on purpose. And I do feel really guilty about this because I'm assuming she was probably an older person. She didn't have PayPal or any other way to get money electronically and I had to send her a check. Um, I I wrote the check and I put it in an envelope and then I just never sent it. And I would think about it periodically about how I never sent her a check. Um, And now it's five years later. And sometimes I still think about it. And I do feel guilty because she probably tells people stories about me, about why she doesn't trust Craigslist because some person scammed her out of concert tickets. So that's one of the worst things I've ever done. I accidentally stole tickets from some nice lady on Craigslist. But keep up the great work. Love the podcast. It's not too late. I know. It's not too late. Send the check. Mm-hmm. I've done this before. Not this thing, but I've, I've done things that I don't feel good about out of procrastination yes. or just like negligence, never with malice. And I, I understand exactly. You wrote the check. You put it in the envelope. You probably didn't have stamps. So you're like, I'll send it. I'll go get stamps and I'll send it. And it just wasn't a priority and you kept forgetting. But like, imagine the f- the faith you could restore mm-hmm. if you still sent it. If she's an older person and mm-hmm. it was five years ago, she probably still lives there. Write a note and explain yourself and send the yeah. check. Send yeah, the check. Totally, they'll you'll love feel it. so much better. Yeah. You'll, you'll feel, feel so much so better much about better. it. You can fix this thing. And I will say this, it was so much better when I was a kid when they did, we didn't have any of this digital stuff. You had to buy tickets for a concert from a dude behind a van mm-hmm. at the, at the arena. You know, that was the, that was the, the only way the transactions were made. So, every, so there was none of this, you know, didn't send the check nonsense. But like, there's a thing that I want to acknowledge that there's no word for, and I'd like to coin term for it's like millennial anxiety, which creates yeah. these situations. I, yeah. it's like, it's like not wanting to answer the door, not wanting to make the phone call and go the extra mile. Like, because we're, we're just a generation who, your instant gratification, you want to be able to Venmo or PayPal and you couldn't. So it was like, I'll send the check. And then there's just anxiety around these things that are sort of not easy for us for whatever reason. Yeah. And like, again, you're not a bad person. I've done these little inconsequential sort of negligent things that in hindsight are shitty. Right. But like, send the check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not out of malice. I feel do like do it for you. You're, yeah. you're still haunted by it. Even if the person mo- do it for you, it's self-care. It's yeah. self-care. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, um, Alexis, I think that we have one thing left for this episode. Yeah. All right. I'm not sure how you guys are going to feel about this one, but okay. it doesn't have a title. Okay. Untitled. Untitled. Today's Costanza stanza will be quite the extravaganza. Like Donald Duck, let's not wear pants. Instead, drape ourselves in organza. <laughs> Short and sweet. You know, mm. I mean, I feel like it resonates with George. Like he lo- he he joked about like being draped in velvet, like this sort of mm-hmm. place. Yeah. He likes it, you know, like a toga of organza, you know, no pants vibes. I like it. And you know like what? Sometimes you like do these extremely long drawn out poems that are amazing as well. So that like you need these short. <laughs> I like, like a haiku almost. Oh, it's amazing as well. But I always botch them because they're too long. So they don't <laughs> this land. This is great. It's great. It's all about balance. I, I love yes, it. Yes, we're entering the, the so. haiku era of the Costanza series. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>